Hello again, my friends. My name is Afra. This is Aging Ungracefully. And I actually haven't recorded a podcast in two weeks. That sounds very crazy when you think about there was an episode uh, last Monday. Um, it's because I recorded that episode the like directly after um, the Pope had been here and everything had like kind of wrapped up in Musquachies, not in his whole like I don't know, Pope, Pope exploration of, of Canada. Um, but I had recorded those episodes back to back. So I actually haven't recorded in two weeks. So this feels very, this feels very foreign to me. Suddenly it feels very, mm, not normal. <laughs> I got so used to recording every single Sunday that now it's like, okay, I didn't do it for pretty much two Sundays in a row what does this feel like? Where am I at? What is, what is happening? Do I even know how to record anymore? Um, there's so much to do. And my brain is just like, do, 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 like, just very excited to be back, very excited to be recording, but also like trying to get into its own rhythm. Before this, there's like multiple takes of me just even trying to set up my microphone. So you know, your, your girl's got it. She, she done good. She doing good. Um, but hi everybody. Welcome back. Um, I guess welcome back to myself as well. Thank you is the first sentiment I, I really want to put out there. Um, episode one of the podcast got, uh, sorry, not episode one, episode one of the Pope impact, uh, two part episode got a lot of, not just traction, which is not what I was looking for, but it got a lot of acknowledgement and questions and people suddenly saw things from a different perspective. And the reason I say this is because I had so many new listeners reach out and say, like, I heard your podcast. I heard, um, you know, the emotion in your voice, the pain in your voice. And I just like, thank you for teaching me something. And then um, part two went up and I've had a few people be like, I had no fucking clue about anything that you you educated on in the last episode. And um, for those of you who haven't listened to part two, it is up. I didn't do a huge announcement for it or anything. I was actually very unwell um, physically when I went to go post it. And when I like went to promote it like I normally do with with posts on Instagram and stuff and just the same energy wasn't there and I also really wasn't wanting to try too hard to promote the second one um because there's just a lot of feelings and there's still a lot of feelings but uh the second I think part two is is really great from my perspective for me because I I you can't even like hear it my pre-idea and disposition towards the Pope coming versus after he'd been in Musquachis. Um, just the change, just the, the different things that I thought, the the way that my opinion had somewhat changed, the way that my feelings were, the way that I felt. And even to today, I would say that I even feel even more different than I did when I recorded that. Um, you kind of get an opportunity to, one, episode, part two has a lot more education pieces behind it. I speak a lot more about truth and reconciliation. Um, the fact that there is a group of people seeking truth and reconciliation and how that kind of happens. And then I also spoke a little bit more about the tier system of applying for residential school retribution pay and 
you know, a lot of things that people didn't know. And it's, it's funny because I had a few people reach out and be like, I'm so disgusted that I didn't know these things. And I'm like, fair, same, <laughs> same. Um, I am first nations, but I, and I grew up on a reserve and I grew up in the community. Um, I mean, bits and pieces of the community, I should say, cause I was fairly removed cause I did grow up with my mother for most of my life and then kind of got more placed back into the community through my father and my older years. Um, but like I, I was around my family a lot. Um, like I literally live right next door to my sister, uh, cousins on either side. So I, I did grow up in the community, but it was just my take on the community and what it was for me is going to be vastly different than my sister's or some of my cousins because I was raised differently um, by my mother who's not um, Indigenous, like Native. So, uh, you know, like there was, I guess she is Indigenous, but sorry, my brain is like out to ledge. Uh, she's she's part African. But <laughs> um, what I mean by that is, is that I was raised differently because my father wasn't around and he was the one with the ties to the community. So even though I still got those ties to the community and I still had the opportunity to grow up on a reservation and grow up with my family and grow up with my aunts and my uncles and all of my cousins, uh, my perspective is a little bit different than theirs would be. And my privilege is a lot different than theirs would have been. So there's, there's a lot of like pieces to that. And I'm I'm very grateful for those of you who listened and reached out and shared. I'm very grateful for those of you who shared the episodes. I'm very grateful for those who asked questions. I'm very grateful for those who created space. I'm very grateful for those who, you know, were like, I had no fucking clue. What can I do to do better? What can I do to educate or what can I do to be more? And although it's not my job to tell you what you need to do or how you should approach anything in regards to this matter. I'm just so grateful that people were actively seeking ways to do better, be better, say better, acknowledge better, um, and just acknowledge, just acknowledge in the first place. Um, because I think that's a lot of what the current fight is for First Nations people is just wanting the acknowledgement that we are people um, and and wanting to be put on the same level as, as other people. Like you don't see a whole lot of First Nations or like Indigenous people in um, movies and television and film and all of that stuff. And so to be recognized as we are a people, we've survived a genocide um, and we're still going and we're still creating and we're incredible artists and musicians and we deserve that respect and that acknowledgement. And so if you're still looking for ways to do better and ways to acknowledge and ways to continue forward, I highly just suggest um, going out and seeking uh, there to, to make change, uh, going out and watching shows that feature indigenous characters that are not stereotypes, um, that are real and honest and raw. And, uh, you know, when I say that, you know, a great one is my favorite season two just started res dogs. Um, but like just seeing us, we're, we're a funny people. We're a great people. And where I grew up, I would feel very, very lucky because I got that opportunity to experience that all the time. So Again, thank you guys for those who listened. Thank you for those who shared. Thank you for those who asked questions. Thank you to everyone. Um, I did not know how those episodes were going to go down. I did not know the reaction I would get um, or the feedbacks I would get or the new listeners that would come up. And I felt very self-conscious sharing something that is one very – like I, I share a lot of personal shit here, let's be honest. But <laughs> I felt very self-conscious sharing – a layer of personal shit that can be very politically like politicized by those whom are listening to it. Um, 
And I genuinely fucking hate arguing with people about women's rights, men's like women's rights and like fair representation in media for people of color, fair representation of women. You know, like I, I am very passionate about those things and I can discuss those things, but I'm kind of at that point in my life where I'm like sick of having to feel like I'm yelling into the void or yelling into the ether to express a point or to draw attention to a point. And so having that episode like shared and um, knowing that my voice was out there, even though I created it, I was still nervous about it and still anxious about it. And it was just received so well and and just was such great compassion and kindness that I just, again, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for how it went. And I'm grateful that I spoke about it too. I have had a lot of... Um, I've had a lot of hesitancy sharing certain ideas that I have or thoughts that I have because I really wanted this to be about stories and recognizing that that is a huge part of my story, a huge part of my family story, and a huge part of many, many family stories in Indian country. Um, also acknowledging that I really struggle with feeling like I have to defend myself Um as like an indigenous person or a creator or anything like that. And then having to like defend myself against people who politically or ethically just don't align. And that's something that I really truly focus to like, or focus on staying away from. Um, so I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful that it didn't go the way that the 101 ways that my anxiety and brain told me it would go. Um, so thank you guys truly. And for this week's episode, <laughs> what are we here? What are we going to talk about? Well, uh, I feel like I've already told you um, how I struggle with certain conversations or certain feelings. Um, and I, I'm pretty certain even just two seconds ago, I was telling you about how um, I don't enjoy having to defend myself. <laughs> uh, and so this episode specifically, I'm going to talk about the super fun thing called being motherfucking uncomfortable. <laughs> being uncomfortable. Having the physical ick. Not feeling good. Uh, avoidant. Avoidant. <laughs> Run away. Do not deal. Change the subject. Laugh awkwardly. Uncomfortable. And the reason I decided to talk about uncomfortable, being uncomfortable, is because so many things came up for me around uh, the Pope's visit and my podcast and the voice that my voice that was shared with a lot of people. Um, although I'm making a podcast, I'm obviously open to my voice being shared, but like unknowingly to me, because I don't create these for views. I create them because they bring me joy and they bring other people joy and they've helped other people. And that's all I've wanted out of it. Um, and so I was very like, ah, this is really fucking uncomfortable and people are messaging me and I've never met you before and I don't know you and you're asking me questions and I don't think it's my job to answer you and I don't know how to say that nicely. Um, I, I'm uncomfortable. I'm just going to not respond. Uh, that was, that was literally me internally for a few days, <laughs> um, after the podcast came out and, it's me in a lot of things in life. It's me as in the fact that I have managed people for seven years um, and I've had to have many, many a tough conversation and I still have to have many a tough conversation. And, you know, it's me, you know, keeping my relationship somewhat private 
um, my, my previous relationship, a lot of people knew I was with somebody. I wasn't ever quiet about it. I never hid my partner. I never not wanted to share my partner. I just wanted my, my relationship to be my relationship with no input outside, outside data, anything. I just wanted it to be mine and, and my partners. And that was it. And like, I've had so many people ask me recently, like, I didn't know you guys weren't together. I didn't know you guys broke up. You still talk about him. You still like hang out with him. We still see you in pictures with them. It's like, well, yeah, because this is an important person that was a huge part of my life that I made an amicable, equal decision with. This wasn't, I didn't break up with this person. I, I sat down and I had an amicable conversation with a person that was my partner and came to a mutual conclusion that there just were many, many factors that we needed to think about in our lives and, and moving forward. Um, and so it's interesting because I just feel like I get a little bit, a little bit nervous to get uncomfortable in ways that are like not vulnerability because like your girl is the queen of oversharing. Um, thanks, trauma. But I, <laughs> I get a little uncomfortable when it comes to what I can and cannot control. And I get really uncomfortable when I feel like I lack control. And a lot of the times what I like to control are things that you cannot control uh, and that you have no control over. And for me, um, something that came up a lot when the last podcast episodes came out was like how deeply uncomfortable I felt. I felt so exposed and so raw and so like, uncomfortable in general. And then the Pope visit itself, I felt uncomfortable in general. And my ideas and thoughts and feelings since I felt uncomfortable and, you know, having conversations with people, I felt uncomfortable and being in atmospheres where, you know, I, I want to say something, but I'm in a predominantly white room and, and it's just not a place that I feel safe even addressing it. I felt uncomfortable. Um, you know, speaking my truth about how I'm feeling in the moment in front of in front of a group of white people, I felt uncomfortable. Um, you know, acknowledging the difference in myself and where I'm at in everything that's gone on in life, I felt uncomfortable. So the discomfort is a regular part of life. Uh, anxiety for me is a huge thing, and like I feel like a lot of anxiety comes from being worried to lose control and not for everybody, but for me personally. And what I'm learning more now, and this is thanks to microdosing, this is thanks to leaning more into taking care of myself in a different way than just focusing on my mental health and my physical health, like leaning in and focusing on my spiritual health and taking time for rest and relaxation, um, that I'm recognizing like the, the great need to create safe spaces where I feel comfortable, but also relinquish control and be very co comfortable being uncomfortable. And one of these things came up on my mind this last week because I was in several rooms this last week where I was the only person of color in that room. And I had to address some people who, some of which have shown tendencies to maybe not be as uh, woke. I'm like, what is the best word for this? Um, to understanding like a person of color or or respecting a person of color. And so I like I've had to learn to really use my voice in a way that is uncomfortable for me <laughs> um, because I'm putting myself out there to say like, this is wrong or this is fucked up or this is how it feels or this is what it looks like. And so I've had to really learn to be 
comfortable uncomfortably um, in certain situations in my life. And this last week, I was dealing with a situation where I was dealing with having really big, tough conversations about things that are somebody's personality. And so a belief that I have is that there are coachable traits and then there are uncoachable traits. And I say this from a manager perspective, but um, I I think it applies to everybody. (laughs) A coachable trait is something that can change. You know, I used to be very, very Christian. I used to be very religious. Um, Nobody coached me out of being religious, but I allowed myself the ability to learn. I allowed myself the ability to be coached and and spoken to and spoken into and, and open up my mindset. And so it's a coachable trait to be able to adapt my spiritual and and mental capacities to believe something other than what I grew up knowing. That's a coachable trait. An uncoachable trait that I have is I am a stubborn ass bitch. Like I am like dig my heels in when I've made up my mind. I'm like I can do fucking anything. I will run you down. Don't fuck with me. Like I am very much a stubborn bee. Um, And I'm here for it. I love this part of myself. I really used to not love this part about myself. I really struggled with this part of myself. But as I've gotten older, the more I'm just like, girl, you know what to be stubborn about and you know what to bend with. And, you know, if you want to dig your heels in and say, yeah, I'm a boss ass bitch, don't fuck with me. And that's where you're, you're stubborn about like, you know, catering to somebody, then then fuck them. Don't cater. Be a stubborn bitch. Like I and and those are things. It's an uncoachable trait. Uh, I make the decision. I stick with my decision. I know what's right for me in that moment. It is an uncoachable trait. And so this last week, I had to deal with several incidences with several different people in several different walks of my life who had coachable and uncoachable traits that were really tough to navigate. And I spent a lot of time thinking about how I was going to approach each individual in the individual sense in in acknowledging where they were at in their moment, where I was at in mine, and how I could have a conversation that was both beneficial for both parties, but in a moment of understanding and growth for both parties in a way in which we can all choose to move forward and progress in a healthy, happy way. And I recognized having some of these conversations how grossly fucking uncomfortable it is when somebody else makes you recognize something about yourself that maybe you don't like. I had a conversation this last week with someone who I very much was able to, I don't want to say call them out, but direct them through a, a series of questioning towards like, why did you do this thing to admitting that they had done something unkind purposefully because of some discomfort that they had. And in those moments and in that conversation, that person really recognized that, and and you could see it on their face, you could see it, hear it in what they said and see it in their reflection, that they didn't like that. They were super uncomfortable with the fact that, you know, they maybe weren't the nicest person in that moment. And that was truly due to their own shit <laughs> um, and and needing to figure out their own shit and what they needed to work on and how they needed to grow. And um, I recognized for that person in that moment, looking at back at it and looking at it through my lens that I'm like, that must have been really fucking hard. It must have been really hard for that person to sit across from me answering those questions to come to their own realization about how their own behaviors impacted themselves and others. And 
for myself, having that conversation, I was like, how do you talk to somebody about how they need to change a trait that's an uncoachable trait? Um, how do you talk to somebody about how their actions and behaviors are impacting their relationship with others and even their relationship with themselves? And how do you draw attention to that? And then flipping it back on myself being like, how do I, how would I want to receive that? How would I want to hear that if I were in the receiving end's shoes? And then also what gives me the right <laughs> to call these things out? What gives me the right to tell this person like, this has to change or grow up or do differently or, or be more respectful. Like what gives me the right to do that? And you know, who bestowed this upon me? And it, it really is learning to finesse and understand that sometimes you just got to be that bitch. <laughs> sometimes you just have to be that person who goes, I can see all of the harm and all of the damage this is doing. And I don't think the person in the driving, in the, in the driver's position of what is happening is acknowledging and recognizing the damage that they are doing. And I acknowledge that there's only one of two ways this can change. One, they're called out on it and they make an active decision to change the behavior. Or two, it goes down in a blaze of glory and it never changes and it just keeps continuing on in a cycle over and over and over again until they learn the lesson or forever because some people never learn their lessons. And I recognized that when I sat with myself on it and kind of like leaned a little bit more into how would I want to receive, I was like, it would be really easy to walk up, walk in and fuck shit up. It'd be really easy to walk and be like, look, you're being a dick. Grow the fuck up. Enough is enough. Move on. Um, but that wouldn't be beneficial for them. That wouldn't be special, beneficial for me. And most of all, that would be really fucking hurtful. <laughs> like It would be really hurtful. That person deserves respect and they deserve acknowledgement and they deserve to be able to have a voice and to be able to feel seen and, and heard and spoken to and not demeaned and, and put down and, you know, made to feel less than or other. And so I really recognized that the best way to jump in was to be uncomfortable and speak only in facts and in truth. It meant sitting down and saying, and this is this is a made up conversation um, because I don't want to outs this person or anything, but it's sitting down and saying, look, Bob, you know, sometimes my dude, you're an absolute dick. You say things that you think are funny um, and realistically speaking, they make other people wildly uncomfortable. And it's because what you're saying is either racist or homophobic or just, you know, disrespectful to yourself, disrespectful to those around you. Um, and like, I super appreciate that you're trying to get involved in the conversation. I try, I appreciate that you want to have this conversation that you want to relate, but I don't think you actively acknowledge or even know how it's coming across to other people. And I want to express how it's coming across to me because in this moment, it's what's important is that you know that this is an example that I'm able to give, but these are other examples that I've heard or other examples I've witnessed or other examples people have mentioned. And I just feel like it's important that somebody tell you because it's not fair to allow you to continue to walk around ostracizing yourself from a group when somebody could just help you to acknowledge 
you know, what is ostracizing you in the first place, if you're open to that, you know, like if you want to have that conversation. And Bob gets the opportunity at this point to say, look, fucko, uh, how dare you think that you have the right to tell me what I can and cannot say. If people are uncomfortable around me, go, they can go fuck themselves. I'm going to live my best life. I'm going to do what I do and like F you. Or Bob can turn around and be like, I had no idea. I had no idea. Could you please share with me? I really want to do differently. And I said they have two ways of responding, but they have three ways of responding. They can also be like, I don't want to hear it, but thanks, Pat. Super appreciate you. Um, apparently, I'm Pat. Um, but <laughs> I'm I'm talking about this like there's there's certain ways that we can approach conversations and there's certain acknowledgments we have to give. And sometimes being uncomfortable means being honest. It means speaking from a place of complete honesty and truth. If that's truth for yourself, if that's truth for the other party, it doesn't truly matter as long as it's truth and it's honesty. Um, we all have different perspectives. We all come from different ideas and different beliefs and different inputs and different values. And the best thing that we can do is speak from a place in which we're able to truly be authentic and honest and vulnerable in a way that is received well and acknowledging that this world doesn't always receive everybody well. Acknowledging that I haven't received people well. Acknowledging that I haven't always created a lot of space for other people and their beliefs and their feelings and their thoughts and opinions. Um, and acknowledging the fact that sometimes the, the biggest part of being uncomfortable is also acknowledging that your shit also stinks, my friend. <laughs> and that there is only a certain amount of allowance that you're going to be allowed to have. And is it helping or is it hurting is the question you should always be asking yourself before addressing something that is that uncomfortable. And who is it helping and who is it hurting and making an informed decision based on those, you know, facts, based on those weighing those options. So going back to um, <laughs> being uncomfortable, I decided to kind of, after this whole week and being in multiple uncomfortable situations, having very honest and raw and real and very hard conversations with people and being at the receiving end of people having hard conversations with me, I kind of came to realize that the human existence is just uncomfortable. You know, starting this podcast was based on turning 30. It was based on aging ungracefully. It was based on how uncomfortable adult life is. You know, there are constant days where I'm like, I would love to go back to eating cereal and watching Rocco's Modern Life on my couch. There's many days where I would love to get up and go play Sailor Moon in the park with my friends. Um, there are many days where I'm like, I would have loved to go back to that moment and just really truly been present in that time period. And the real realistic thing of that is, is that I can't, you can't go back in time. You can't go back to when it was easy. You can only move forward and moving forward is uncomfortable. Change is uncomfortable. I think a lot of people struggle with change. I am struggle somebody who struggles with change. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but what I've recognized just recently was my whole life changed in six months and it has been wildly uncomfortable, 
but it's also been wildly incredible. I started my own business. I'm living my own life. I've gotten so much support and love. I've leaned into relationships that are not romantic, that are completely platonic, that are supportive and loving and help me grow as a person and help and, and hold me accountable and hold me accountable for this mouth because this mouth says shit a lot <laughs> that isn't always very good, but you know, who, who hold me accountable and hold me accountable in a way that I needed to be held accountable for my own growth. And so I want to start your guys' week off by saying, what makes you uncomfortable? Where is an area in your life where you are uncomfortable or you struggle? I've been asking myself that every day recently. What makes me uncomfortable? How can I push myself to be a little bit uncomfortable today in order to move forward in a really great way? And like where I started this morning when I woke up was what is going to make me uncomfortable today? Well, there's two things. One of them is really personal, so I won't talk about it on this episode. And it might be in a future one just because it's part of therapy and, and regression and, and doing all the things that you got to do to get your mental health in track. Anyway, um, but the other thing was is I used to sing. I used to sing a lot. I used to sing in my church. I used to sing in like music little concerts and festivals and for people. And I sang like nobody's business. I used to cover Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On. Your girl was given her back in the day. And I used to love to sing. And then I had a really horrific, uncomfortable experience at like a school performance once, well, twice. Um, I did it twice because your girl decided why not traumatize myself more than once. Um, and I never sang in front of people again. And then I shouldn't say never, because when I was in my late twenties, I had an opportunity to sing on a friend's album or on an EP that they were releasing. Um, and they had asked me to sing on their EP because they knew that I could sing and we had been around each other and I'd sung in front of them before. And I did, I did do it, um, but it was horrific. And I asked them never to credit me and never to acknowledge that I was in the song. And please just never show me that again, because it was terrifying for me. And I did that because I was so afraid of hearing my own voice because I had experienced this really traumatic experience. Um, and this traumatic experience was getting up in front of my then very uh, rural, very non-inclusive school um, and singing while well, my friend Katie played the guitar and I froze and I got really stage fighty and people were not very nice about it. And I think I was like, 10 or 11 at the time I was young. And then I tried again at 16 and people were just rude about it and they were mean about it and they were cruel about it. And I was treated like I was some sort of like pariah and it wasn't, I was uncool and weird and awkward. And I mean, I was weird and awkward, but like it just, it, it traumatized me. I then became terrified to sing in front of people. And so when I had this opportunity to sing on my friend's EP, um, it was really empowering, but I couldn't get my voice out. I couldn't project it outside of myself enough because I had built this layers, these like deep layers of fear. I had built basically a bean dip of fear inside myself and I was terrified. I There were so many layers, some of them squishy, some of them cheesy. I don't know. But like there was a lot of layers and I couldn't get my voice out. I couldn't get it out enough to truly sing the way that I know that I can on his EP because I was so scared. The music producer at the time was like a friend of mine and he was sitting there and he made me so wildly uncomfortable, partially because I was 
wildly attracted to him. But like I was also just wildly uncomfortable in front of him in that moment because it was so vulnerable for me. And this is somebody who'd known me for so long and never heard me sing. And I was like, oh my God, he, he's heard amazing these amazing voices and he's going to hear me and I'm going to sound like a truck backing up. Like I was just so, so not okay in those moments. And I remember trying so hard to get my voice out. You know, I remember my friend was like, come on, you can go louder. You can go more soulful. I know you can. I've heard you like, do it, do it, do it. Like I, you, I know you got this in you. And I couldn't get there because all of that fear had made me so afraid of letting go. It made me so afraid of letting my voice take over. And I played it safe. And when I heard the track back for the first time, I mean, the producer and the music and the raps, rapper, they did an amazing job. But my voice in the background of it, I was excited, but I was also sad because it just didn't – I knew I could do better and I knew it didn't sound like me. And it didn't sound like me because I was so afraid. And I was so afraid to be uncomfortable in those moments. I was so afraid to relinquish control and I was so afraid to like just take the leap to, to just – push myself and let myself let go of the idea of who I had to be or what I had to be or how I had to show up and just be. And so, you know, that was like seven, eight years ago. <laughs> and I still don't sing in front of people. It's still like one of my deeper, darker fears. Um, I sing in front of those I trust a lot, but I was with my ex for several years and he made me heard me saying a handful of times in the car and usually not very loudly. Um, so part of my journey to getting more comfortable and being uncomfortable has to been to sing, <laughs> has been to sing, to sing loudly, to record myself singing, to send singing videos to my sister, which I do. Um, and to just explore my voice again and enjoy my voice again. And, and, you know, peel back the layers of, of all of that trauma onion and just go for it and not give a fuck because someday I'm going to be gone. Someday I'm not going to be here anymore. My my body will be, I don't know, I'm hoping ashes. Whoever Whoever's listening to this, my living will. Uh, I prefer to be ashes or turned into a tree. Do not bury my fucking body. That shit weirds me out. Um, but like regardless, <laughs> I'm not going to be here someday, but my voice will be in this podcast, online, in recordings of me, in moments etched in people's minds, my voice will be. And I would hate to leave this world knowing that music has always been such a huge passion of mine and such a huge heartfelt place and not have taken the, the chance and the opportunity to get fucking uncomfortable and do something that makes me feel alive. And that's this week's podcast, guys. Ask yourselves, what makes you uncomfortable? What, ask yourselves, what do I need to get past that discomfort? How is this going to grow me? What do I want to leave behind with this? It doesn't have to be complex. I want to sing. I want to leave a mark on the world. I want to like leave little specks of myself, like fucking stardust all over people, scatter my ashes amongst, they're just throw my ashes into a fucking crowd at a folk music festival and you know, you're golden. Um, so sorry guys. So sorry. But like, you know, that's, that's what feels good for me, but what feels good for you? You know, it doesn't need to be super deep. What makes you uncomfortable? I'm uncomfortable driving. I'm, this isn't me. I'm, I'm somebody else. I'm Pat again. You know, Pat's uncomfortable driving a car. Well, Pat, you know, go out with your friend, find a dirt road, 
drive that fucking car. Pat, do your best. Do your best. Live your best life. Enjoy yourself. You only get one. Go do the thing. Um, and I, I'm saying that from a place of like, get a little uncomfortable because you know what? Pat me, might be the next NASCAR driver. I just imagine that Pat's like a 40 year old, like receptionist somewhere living her best life, totally walking to work every day. Cause she's afraid to drive a car. And then she's just going to go and like race fucking cars in like Saudi Arabia. But either way, Pat, live your best life. Go fucking do you girl. Um, and I'm saying that to all of you go do you take the chance, go to the dance class, write the song, you know, make the TikTok, ask the person out, like do the thing that makes you uncomfortable because there's no growth in your comfort zone. There's only comfort in your comfort zone. And sometimes being comfortable isn't worth missing out on anything that could make you wildly uncomfortable because sometimes being wildly uncomfortable will lead to the next best chapter of your story. And that's where I feel I am. I feel like being wildly uncomfortable the last few months is leading me to the next best chapter of my story. And I'm so grateful that you get you guys to come along with me, that we've had the opportunity for all y'all to join me on this magical, mystical adventure. And thank you guys again for listening to the podcast. This has been Aging Ungracefully. My name is Afra. Until next week, guys. Goodbye.